Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 57 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And uh, I apologize, I've been on hiatus for about four or five weeks. So uh, if this one's popping up in, uh, in your feed, then uh, I'm grateful that you're still here. Um, <laughs> it wasn't my intention, but life got busy, coaching got busy, writing got busy, all the projects that we sometimes get tangled up with. But uh, I've got my friend Shane McLean here today. We're going to talk a lot about writing. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Shane. And I've got a couple other really big guests lined up the next couple of weeks. And my plan is to get back on the weekly schedule. So uh, message me and hold me to that. So Shane, you are originally from Australia. That's correct. You guys will hear it in his, his accent, but you live in Louisiana. I know you, uh, you moved over what you said 20 years ago, got married, had a couple of kids there. We well, yeah, moved to uh, Dallas and we I've been in Louisiana for about three years. Okay. I wonder what a, what the blend, the, the natural blending of, well, I guess everybody will hear it, of a Louisiana accent with an Australian accent is going to actually sound like. Uh, well, I, I, I honestly think I st- still sound like I hopped off the boat yesterday. So a lot of people, a lot of people who comment to me say, well, you haven't really lost your accent. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to it as best I can. <laughs> uh, you also own a private studio, Outback Performance, which is the hit. That's correct. The, uh, the Aussie background. But the thing that really has always stood out to me is you're quite the prolific writer. You know, that's been the big thing for you. You write for Muscle and Fitness Magazine. I mean, that's that's one of the big dogs. Well, for their website, not magazine. I would, I would, I mean, it is a goal of mine to be on a piece of paper that you can pick up i think that would be pretty awesome considering that probably you and me grew up picking up magazines and and reading them and not really understanding them but looking at the pictures and going wow i want to look like that dude that dude really knows what he's talking about right oh so i mean i was i was a mental health guy i used to get men's health all the time i mean i was religious on men's health See, I, I read a lot of uh, bodybuilding magazines growing up, right? And when I got, I got started lifting very seriously about 20 years ago and you know, a lot of the bodybuilding influence and muscle fitness is one of the go-tos. I actually was just in Newfoundland, my, my home where I grew up and stayed with my parents for a week visiting. And I've got crates of the old magazines and I, you know, I pick through the old stuff and try to bring some books and whatever things. That I, when I moved out here 15 years ago, I brought two suitcases. So Every time I go back, I throw a few things in the suitcase of things that are sentimental value. And I see these things, but a lot of people really malign the bodybuilding magazines. And I, and I actually take a very different look at it. And I think they're, they're great sources of information. You certainly have to look at them through a critical lens. And it helps train your mind to, to be able to sift between, well, what's valuable information and what's bullshit. And anything that's out there yeah. that is going to have elements of both. And uh, I have always found value in these magazines because it's what got my foot in the door in the industry, which allowed me to later on do all kinds of other stuff and discover, you know, people I would qualify as being far more evidence-based. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think in terms of what you say with the, with the, the bodybuilding slant, if you want to know how to diet, you talk to a bodybuilder. I mean, let's face it. I mean, that's what they do. Right, that when when they're in the cutting phase and what they what they have to put themselves through to to get in that um, lean condition, if you want to learn how to diet, you talk to a bodybuilder, and if you want to and if you want to know how to do it, you read about it. I mean, I mean, you can pick on them for all their 
training techniques and the way they grind themselves into the ground. But I mean, when it comes to diet, I mean, they're on point, right? And it takes a lot of discipline to do that. Um, and that should be respected regardless of what you think of bodybuilding. Right. And I find that there are people in our industry who, you know, I, I always say have one foot in the traditional bro bodybuilding world and one foot in the evidence-based world. And they're some of the best at this stuff. I, I Brian Cron immediately comes to mind. He's a good pal and, and he's been doing this stuff for a long time. Or someone like Don Saladino, who's, you know, on the cover of Muscle Fitness Magazine. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did say that. Yeah, that was, was hanging out pretty with awesome. He's awesome. I was hanging out with him in Seattle a little while ago. And as long as scheduling doesn't get screwed up, he's booked to come on the podcast next week. So we'll be chatting with him. So if everybody listening, if everything goes according to plan, that should be the next episode. So stay tuned for that one. Now, back to your writing. You also write for Barband, who I just started writing for. And congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Really cool. Um, that And that's link, being linked up with an old um muscle and fitness magazine editor andrew gutman so big shout out to andrew andrew's great oh did so andrew worked for muscle and fitness he did yeah i he never told me that yeah because no, he, he, he he's there. my he's my editor he he was my editor at, at barbend and he was the one who put me on to the editor at muscle and fitness no, so i yeah. didn't know he worked for them well, he's, he's got a connection there yeah so we've talked yeah about i didn't him. know that he never yeah. told me uh, no, he's he's awesome. He's been great. He actually, we talked briefly while he was with Muscle and Fitness way back when, but then there's a lot of changes of muscle he left. And uh, so Austin Current, who was on the podcast, we got chatting and he wanted to link me up with Barband, sends an email. Andrew is on the other end of it. I'm like, shit, hey, <laughs> I remember you. But a uh, little bit of insider stuff for people who, and something I want to share with the, the people listening, if they're interested in writing is some of the, the experience of people who've you know, been published on these things. So I guess here's where I'd love to start with this. You know, because you and I, as it's obvious, we're big writing nerds. Mm -hmm. What has writing done for your career? And how important is developing writing as a skill for emerging coaches? Well, I think, well, I've been, I mean, I, I, I wrote a blog and still have a blog way before I was even paid to write. And I think what writing does for coaches is it helps to organize their thoughts better. So how that transfers to being a better coach on the floor, well, if you write about it and you explain it simply to your audience, then you're able to do that with your clients as well. And I think one follows the other. I mean, you... To actually to write about it, you have to know about it. And when you're when when you're coaching, if you can't explain it simply to your client, then you're screwed, right? I mean, you you can't explain what how weight loss works or how muscle building works, and you can't explain that simply, then you're like you go into all these huge technical terms, and then it's all over the top of their head. They don't understand it. So I think. With coaching and writing, I think one really follows the other. It's like the, the tail wagging the dog type of deal. Um, you 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 have the knowledge, um, and then you find a way to express it in a written word. But you're also going to have to explain that to your clients as well. And because you know, as I said, one I think one follows the other. We also communicate 
with our clients, not just face to face, but I mean, we have text, email based communications. And it's, it sounds almost too simple to say, well, you need to be a good writer to send a good text message. We know the shorthand that we use these days. But most of the ways that we communicate outside of, you know, anybody who does a lot of video um, and, and their social media is fairly heavily video based. It, a lot of it's still writing. You're still writing captions for videos. Um, a lot of my write, most, a lot of my media is written based, whether it's short uh, text-based captions for Instagram, and then longer captions that get attached to them, or if it's articles. So it's it's a skill. It was always something I've liked, even when I was in high school and, and university. But it was something that I very deliberately decided I wanted to do and write for my own website. I think I really got serious about writing for my own website a bit over four years ago. Because I, I left the old commercial gym five years ago. And then within that first year, I wanted to get a website up, start writing some stuff. Get, and then the podcast happened. That is what mm -hmm. it is. I mean, I, I still write questions and, and ideas in advance mm -hmm. uh, to sit down and chat with you about. So mm -hmm. I think writing is such a pervasive tool in our industry that it, it goes to the mindset of the stories that people tell themselves about, oh, I'm not a good writer. Well, that person's already just closed the door and decided they're not good at it, which means that they're not interested in developing any of the skills. It's a self-limiting belief. So I like challenging that. And I, and I think whether or not you aspire to write for publications the way that you and I do, I think it's still really worthwhile to practice and refine the skill. Oh, yes. Oh, no doubt. I, for, for the reasons I just mentioned before about organizing your thoughts. Right. And um sometimes we, i mean we know imposter syndromes is a is a is a big deal and particularly in our industry because you know there's lots of wonderful coaches lots of wonderful writers and they know a lot and they're very knowledgeable and it's like well what do i know i don't know anything um i think what writing has done for me personally is that i do realize i know something right and there it is. I mean, I, I actually know something. So um, I don't really get caught up in the imposter syndrome too much, but I do, like everybody else, like, like a lot of the trainers. Um, but writing, writing snaps me out of that because it, I do realize I do know a lot. And you alluded to something that I really like. Every coach, every trainer, certainly anybody who's going to have been in the industry long enough to value listening to a podcast like this has helped the per, a, a client in front of them, right? And probably a lot of clients. Something that you've shown them, taught them, discussed with them has allowed them to get stronger, to get healthier, you know, any whatever goals that they're pursuing. If something that you know has helped that person, then that piece of knowledge and experience could be shared written video form combination of both it's on true. your social media maybe it's video youtube maybe it's it's written blog and a broader audience would benefit from it and it cuts through this idea that oh who am i to 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 share this i don't know enough i don't have enough followers i've got an article on this pretty sure you picked it out and shared it on the ptd PTDC's weekly best list. These five, I remember lies, that. yeah, these five lies that we tell ourselves why we're not yeah. creating insurance. Yeah, I remember, and I, and I turned that article 
into a presentation at uh, Tim Arndt's Inline Empire conference. You just did that. Yeah, I remember that. And, yeah. and, and I went, great. The, the audience was really enthralled in it and that was cool. And, and I liked it. And I'll, I'll probably use that presentation again. And I'm a big believer in this because I think a lot of people, like you said, are they're very much immersed in imposter syndrome and they don't feel like they have anything of value to add. Well, here's one of the other lies. You know, they say, well, it's all been said before. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has. It, it, That's true. Well, that it, that it, is true. It all has been said before. It's very rare for something new and profound. I mean, every once in a while, research makes a little bit of a shift in, in, in you know, some important belief that we have about nutrition or, or maybe some training concept. But it's, think about the followers that you have on your social media. The vast majority, and I'm speaking to the person listening, the vast majority of them don't follow Jordan Syed. They don't follow Sohili. They don't follow Spencer Adolski and these, these monster accounts. Maybe a few of your followers follow someone like me, but the vast majority of them, you are their go-to fitness person. You're their go-to for nutrition. And they may never have seen any of these other concepts before. So the ideas may be new to them. They may only have recently arrived or may in the not too distant future arrive at the point where they're ready to start thinking about lifestyle change and the stuff will be resonant with them. And if you continue to share... And often repeat fairly basic concepts, then it'll show up at their door on a day where they say, my favorite fucking thing in the world when someone says this, I needed this today. Yeah. I think you bring up an important point, um, particularly because we get um, trainers get caught up on how many followers and friends and all that kind of half have. And you're trying to, you, you want to reach a lot of people but you should be thinking about just reaching one person, right? You're trying to, you're trying to help that one person solve that one problem, right? You shouldn't be trying to think, I'm going to solve all, help all these people. You should be trying to think, I'm going to help this one person. And I think we get, we, I, think, I mean, I've been guilty of that. I think we've all been guilty of it, particularly when we write, we think, oh, this is wicked. I'm going to get lots of likes on this or I'm going to get lots of followers on this or whatever. And you don't, and you're disappointed. But if you have the mindset that you're just trying to help this one person solve this one problem, and that, and I think that helps. And what you just said ties into something I love. I don't know if you've read Seth Godin's book, The Practice. I've been waving that one around a lot on my media. I'll get his. I'll get his blog um, every day. Fan. That- go 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 read The Practice. It's um it's an easy read. And one of the concepts he has in there, it's about, you know, showing up and sharing and creating on a consistent basis without any expectation of a specific result or reward from any one single share or, or action. If I got caught up in how many people share, save, like a social media post on a given day, because I post daily. If I got caught up on that, first of all, you drive yourself fucking crazy. I mean, the anxiety That's true. Would, would be you'd you'd lose your mind (laughs) but it would stop you from doing it all of the times that something didn't do very well what i tend to look at is okay i'm just showing up i'm going to share and i've been doing this now very consistently for two years and it has led to inconsistent intermittent like response in terms of like some of the posts have done super super well you know a lot of them are kind of okay regular normal response some of them fizzle out the cumulative effect of them has been 
insanely positive and it has driven a lot of new followers. It has driven a lot of social media growth, brand growth, a lot of opportunities, but no single one action was make or break. Yes. I've actually had a two or three posts that actually went quite viral, but no single post over the course of a, a run of popularity week has ever brought me more than I think one post actually was, was worth about a thousand new followers. Right. I think that one went nuts. That's pretty amazing. And that's pretty amazing. All things considered. But when you see someone, you, I, I love this one, you see someone you follow and their, their following is very static, very static, very static. And all of a sudden they've gained 12,000 followers, but they're not getting much engagement on their post. That person didn't have something viral. Those, those aren't real people showing up. They've got followers. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. actually a common thing. I get offered that. I mean, I get offered that all the time. Daily. I do, I mean, hey, I, I have a cat that's like right outside my door meowing. So that you're, my cat's going to be on your podcast. So everybody who's <laughs> listening and not seeing the video on this one, my cat, Ozzy Waterby. So I just scooped him up and chainsaw him. And so the cats have hijacked the... Uh, he's a good looking cat. He's a good looking cat. He's 10. He's, he's a good looking cat. Um, it, it's funny how this turns into social media. I, I've got something that literally I released today and I'll post on my social media, uh, an article on my own blog about um, just how to grow a brand worthy of following. And it's a... It's an article about social media growth for sure, but it's not about the tactics wizardry of here's how to do a whole bunch of stuff for social media that's going to cause instant growth. It's much, much, much more about investing in a, in a long game view about how to approach your career on many levels when it comes to relationships, when it comes to doing what we're talking about here. And it's what I love to call creating career capital. Long form content. I like that term. Yeah, I like that term. That's good. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I like that term. Hadn't heard it before, but that's a good. Yeah. When someone looks at your profile on your social media and sees that you write for muscle and fitness, when they see that you write for barband, that changes how they perceive you. That is a very validating, a very credibility building aspect of your career. Uh, you know, someone who writes for the types of, of these types of publications, it, it does say a lot about their, and I hate using the term and I hate thinking in terms of status games, but cutting the shit, people do think so. And it elevates you to a status that gets people to pause and go, okay, this guy's got some credibility. I want to see what he's doing. I want to follow what he's doing. I want to learn more about what he's doing. Yeah. Now, not everybody thinks that way. A lot of people, it's all about flashy social media and, ooh, this person has Oh, this person doesn't have 10,000 followers. Oh, they don't have enough following. I can't follow them because I, I, fuck that shit. That, that shit's yeah. Yeah. But we People still think that way. So uh, it's, there is playing the game of the way the industry is, but there's also doubling down on just creating so much brand capital in your, in your career that you can't, people can't help but take notice of it. Yeah, and it does take a long time. It sure does. Yeah, 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 I know. I know we, and impatience is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Being impatient to be successful is is is, is fair. Um, but you also have to be patient to get there as well. Um, you know, and I've and I've told this and I've said this before and I told this story before. I failed English at high school. I, I mean, I hated reading. Hated writing, hated all of it, right? I was not good at it, right? And, if and somehow, helped. when you 
develop a, a passion for something like we have, like with fitness, it's just like, well, I can do this. It doesn't matter that I failed English. And you just alluded to something really important. I think a lot of people struggle with writing until they find something they're passionate about writing about. Yes, 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 that's true. And that, and that, was, that, that was the same for me. Exactly the same. You, you found exactly the, the same. You found the calling there. What, yeah. what do you tell coaches who ask you how to get published on publications like Muscle Fitness, Barben, Teenage? Oh, well, I like somebody to ask me for one, but if, <laughs> if I was to um, answer them, it was like guest posts, definitely guest posts. I mean, um, writing for being on Tony Janiclaw's website opened a lot of doors for me. Um, as people who are listening know, Tony's a, a great guy. Not only is he a great guy, he gives a lot of people a chance. Um, and he gave me one. And okay. I'm, I'm very fortunate for it. Um, I'm not going to brave on, but I basically got my writing job at Barband because I contacted an editor on Twitter. And then he got back to me amazingly. And I told him that I wrote on Tony Janikol's website, and he said, okay, you're in. It, it was a complete fluke. And it's, it was a fluke. It's, it's it's getting at the first one. That's the big thing because it, it validates you. Uh, for me, it was T Nation, right? And I got asked to write for T Nation. It, my first article was there February three years ago, but it was like now. So it was literally three years ago that Danny Sugart had uh, had asked me. And I saw Danny. That's a, that's a compliment in itself that you were asked. Oh boy, right? Um, yeah. A lot of people like will submit submit and and then they eventually they take them. But uh, I just saw Danny commenting in on someone else I know's Facebook post. I'm like, oh shit, I've been reading Danny stuff for years. And I've told this story on, on air a few times if, if people have heard mm -hmm. of it. And so I remember I sent her a Facebook friend request. I sent her a message, said, hey, Danny, I've been reading your stuff on Teenation for years. I absolutely love it. I have a podcast and you know, I would love to have you on as a guest. Podcasting, really, really good way to connect with people. I mean, you and I have chatted over Facebook and, and text before, but this is the first time we've actually had a chance to do something like this. And, and that's one of the rewards of, of getting to do this. And so Danny turned around and she's like, oh yeah, I'd love to. And so anyway, I sent her a message two weeks later to say, hey, you know, let's get you on right away. And she's like, yeah, I've actually been listening to your podcast. She oh, wow. Her. That's yeah. oh, that's awesome. She still listens to them. I, you know, if she's listening, hey, daddy, love you to death. Hey, daddy. And then she, she got her and Chris, her husband, have been doing their own for a really long time, too. So they love this stuff. And then a few weeks later, she pops up and she's all sheepish. She's like, hey, uh, would you, you know, would you consider, you know, coming to be a contributor on, on Teen Nation? She was asking as if I would say no. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is sort of a, a dream come true that I never imagined was even possible. I remember I've told this in, in presentations and, and articles how I used to think of people like Tony Gentilcore and Ben Bruno and, and Dean Somerset as in this rarefied air. And there, there's this class. I still do. I still do. Yeah, this, <laughs> this exclusive club 
that you know, never have an understanding of, of how you'd you know, be a part of that. The people get asked to appear on podcasts all the time. And then all of a sudden, here it is. And I'm just like, holy shit, cool. And then, of course, yeah. I said, yeah, I worked my ass off to make sure the first article was really good. And, and they took it. And there was a couple along the way. They're like, no, nah, this isn't quite the sort of thing we want. But they published. It, it's at the point now where I know what they want. So I throw, the, throw them something. And then Chris basically just sends me an email, goes, Yep, I'll take a look at it. They don't hear anything from them. They're they're fantastic. Yeah. And then three weeks later, it's published, and I get a uh, you know a tag on on Instagram. Yeah. And then yeah. every once in a while, Chris will pop. Recently popped up. He's like, "Hey, do you have anything in the pipeline? I need more stuff." Yeah. And then it leads to, it, it opens the door. Uh, I guess the editors at Generation Iron found my stuff on T Nation, so then they showed up on my email one day. Yeah, it's like a snowball effect. Like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. And that's yes, it's a nice compliment. But you know, story time aside, what I you know, I also know that you mentor um, writers as well. That's part of what you do. I know you mentor Detrick Smith, and what, 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 where was Detrick published recently? He Detrick is uh, he's like he was a. I mean, he's been doing it for. He's been. I mean, he's been training for twenty years. Wow, and he's more experienced than me. Me. Um, and he basically has his own brand. He reached out to me via LinkedIn, and obviously had read my stuff. I'm not sure if it was Bar Band or my blog or or whatever, but he's. I mean, because obviously he runs his own business. He's busy, and so he was like, "Will you write for me?" It's like, "Yeah, why not?" So yeah, we. I mean. He he has, I mean, he has a lot of ideas. I mean, he's got a lot of ideas. I mean, he fires emails off at like four o'clock in the morning. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Um, he's got he's he's got a lot of ideas about the way coaches should coach and the way the industry is going. And he's very much got his foot in two camps: the one mentoring trainers and coaches, not so much as a business coach, but kind of how to run a gym. And then he's got his own business um, where he trains general population clients and, and, and youth athletes. So he's got his feet in both camps. Um, he just hasn't got a lot of time to do everything. But he is a he is a legitimate writer in his own in his own right. Um, so I found that was a huge compliment to me that he trusted me enough to write for him. Like you said, you know, your generation I'm following from from T Nation. That was like that was like a snowball effect, as well. But yeah, yeah nice compliment because I, I mean I feel, I mean I've been doing I've been a trainer for twelve years and I don't I mean I run a business but, I mean he runs a gym, so, I mean that's pretty amazing that he trusts me enough to do that. So you know I, I was honoured to tell you the truth, yeah. um, and we learn. I mean. Like you, you know, you learn from each other. You don't. It's not. It's not. Learning is not a one-way street, right? It's a. It's a two-way street, right? You learn. You learn from each other, and that's what's. That's what's been happening with Dietrich for sure. You have uh, humility running through everything that you say. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a million. Uh, yeah, it's true. Um, but you're only. I mean, it's like you know how you players say you're only as good as your last game. 
It's like it's, it's like that when you when we do what we do. You're only as good as your last article. I mean, nobody remembers that you've got an article that was you know made the best of list or had ten thousand views. If you publish a piece of crap the next time, then that's all that you're going to get known for. So once you set that high bar, you have to you have to keep reaching it, right? You can't you can't go below it anymore. Oh boy, yeah, no. Uh, you made me think of I had one that uh, was just a full body dumbbell workout article that teenagers should keep sharing and sharing and sharing. And that thing was during the first set of COVID lockdowns. And it was so SEO friendly that I'm like, Oh, Chris, you know, he's just telling me, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's really popular. It did really well. I'm like, Oh, you know, how many times has it been read? And this is like last year. And they keep sharing. It's like, Oh, over 300,000 times. I'm like, what are you that's shitting that's amazing. Me? Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's lightning in a bottle too, because it's yeah, that's crazy. perfectly timed. It's just the, the, the right title. It just, it is something that's relevant that people are looking for. So, but I mean, I would never have imagined this sort of thing could have possibly happened when I started writing for my own website. So let's go back to the original question. And one I usually tell writers two things, aspiring writers, two things, get a website and start writing your own blog for it. You need the practice. And yes. in a, I've had a few people, my friend, Daniel DeBrock, he did this. Uh, he asked me, he worked, he writes, he used to write for breaking muscle, correct? Yep. He did. Absolutely. And he writes for Kabuki. And uh, now, you know, cause you know, bar band bought breaking muscle and the, the yeah, totally yeah. revamped their website and everything. So totally. So he writes for he's a beast, that dude, big boy. Yeah, I got to see him yeah. in years, and he was—he's only just down in Calgary, but he's up in uh, Edmonton. So we went for a workout a few weeks ago. He writes for Kabuki Strength. He's a regular writer for those guys. He writes for Elite FTS. He writes for T Nation, and he asked me, you know, how do you get on these things? So I told him to do a couple things: go start writing for your own website, your own blog, and read books on writing start with on writing well by william zinzer that's the one i start people with i've since added how to write short by roy peter clark and write tight by william broha there's several other great books bird by bird by Anne lamont and i've read not, and i've read none of them so I, i'm a very honest uh, <laughs> i probably should <laughs> every well i mean we all learn writing from somewhere uh stephen king's on writing is really good I've, yeah, I've got that. I've got that in a PDF on my computer, and I've never read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everybody writes by Anne Handley is a really accessible I've read one. That one. And if you really wanted to take it further, you can start getting into shit like uh, "Pity the Reader" by um, Kurt Vonnegut. It, it, it's a posthumous collection of Vonnegut stuff by his former student, I think Suzanne Collins is her name. And it's funny, I, I sent that one to Tony Gentilcore and he loved it. And then he just waved it all over his social media. It's a good book, but I, don't start with that one. And yeah. study writing, learn, learn the art, learn the craft of writing. A lot of it really is about getting past writer's block and getting your ideas, just vomit them on paper and then aggressively editing. Nobody who has polished writing spits it out that way in the first run. It is all very aggressively edited. And if you, you just have a shout out to all the editors out there because they the, they are the unsung heroes. Totally, right? yeah. And yeah, I try really and if I'm sending Chris or Andrew stuff or my my editor um, at Derek at uh, Generation Iron, if I'm sending them something, I want it to be something where they're like they have very little work to do, right? But they'll yeah they'll, yeah they'll, yeah that I I, tr I try and do the same thing. Um, I actually when I see an article that I've written published, I actually reread it to see how many changes they made. And if 
they haven't made many changes. It's like, yes. I think. And when they made a lot of changes, it's like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? There's that. The, the one that the ideas got, uh, as long as you've got great ideas in the article and the, the editor turns around and decides, okay, I'm going to rearrange this to kind of make work for the way that they want it, then that's fine. Gerilyn at PTDC, she's the one who took one of my articles and just moved it all around, rearranged a whole bunch of stuff, kept the kept the absolute ideas and the essence of it. She just like reformatted yeah. a lot of it. And I read this thing and I'm like, oh, this looks different. Was that the, was that, was that, was that the, the gym being accessible to everybody with kids? Kids, was yeah. That, that yeah, one. Exactly. That was really good. Yes, I remember that. And that was, that was just a concept based off a, the, the, for everybody, idea, idea creation. It was a social media post. And it was a social yeah. media post that is one of the, the top. Yeah, it was, yeah, gyms should be accessible to everybody. Yeah, it, it was specifically about kids. Like, you know, it, yeah. it was like, I can't remember the exact wording now, but it's just have gyms or have kids experience and grow up in the environment of gyms, let them see it, make it normalized for them, that sort of stuff. And it was one of the most viral and shared posts I've ever had on, on Instagram. Which Jonathan Goodman to write a very similar post, credit Andrew for the inspiration, blah, blah, blah. So John and I got talking and I said, hey, do you want me to write something for the website? He's like, yeah, sure, done, absolutely. And then, so Gerald and I went back and forth, sent her off the polished thing. She revamped it a bit, you know, and it's, it's on the website and it becomes a professional writing credit. I get to have on my website and on my bio on social media that I've written for the PTDC, which is something that- really Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's amazing. And you do too. Amazing. You've written for them and like I said- Yeah, but that, that's a long time ago and wasn't nearly as good as what you write. Trust me. Still counts though. Ah, you're getting yeah. you know, Oh, because that was a long time ago. Yo, it's like you, you read something you wrote six years ago, you cringe. It's like if you're not, if you're, you know, it's just a progression as, as being a coach and a writer. It's like the same thing when you're a trainer. It's like, shit, did I used to do that exercise six years ago? And what was I thinking? That's stupid. So if you're not thinking like that, then you're not progressing, right? So you should be, you should be really worried if you still agree with everything you thought. Oh, I don't. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Um, I used to, I mean, I've written articles when I when I, I thought I was definitive expert on back pain and say, oh, I can cure your back pain. That's like, I, I read that now. I think, no, 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 no. What was I thinking? No, 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 no. So, yeah, for sure. You're exactly right. It, it it's a sign that we're learning, growing. Our attitudes are evolving. You're not mired in the, in a very stuck way of thinking. Try to. I want to think if there was anything else I was going to add about. I know that I've had people ask me about getting on T Nation, mm -hmm. and when I told them, you know, here, do you have your own website? Do you want to write for your blog? And they're like, Nah, I don't want to do that. And then that was it. Like there, there's there's no going forward from that because mm -hmm. if if you're if you want a shortcut in, because I think, I think sometimes no one explicitly asks, but I think there's sort of a hint that, you know, it's like, Hey, can you connect me up with, with this, uh, you know, this website? Well, keep in mind that, you know, I'm putting my personal reputation on the line. Well, so, well, there is that too, right? Yeah. Right. So um, I've been caught shot like that a few times. If, yeah. if someone 
is willing to put in the work and demonstrate to me, hey, you've, you've worked on the craft of your writing and, and you have this kind of attitude, then, then cool, that actually opens a door. And then a lot of times people go earn it for themselves. Like Daniel DeBrock, like I said, he just started submitting stuff to T Nation. And you know, after a, a couple of submissions, they took something and he was really excited. And he, he earned it every step of the way. He worked really hard for it. And that turned into Kabuki and that turned into Lead FTS. And these are, these are juggernauts. Elite, yeah, I'll gorgeous. Oh yeah, Elite FTS is a big deal. And you, I remember because you guys on your weekly list were sharing tons of his articles for a while because he was so prolific writing all this stuff. Yeah, break, yeah that was on Breaking Muscle. Yeah, mm. when he was writing for Breaking Muscle. Yeah, his stuff is, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's basing it on his experience. He's writing from experience. And, and that's a good thing because, I mean, I think you have to be credible, right? So... If you're if, if you're writing about, I think if, if you're writing and publishing and talking about stuff that you don't really know about, then it shows through. Uh, it, it really, really does. I mean, you you can write it. You can write an article from Google if you want. I mean, you can Google it and you can rewrite it, whatever. But I mean, if you're not credible, you're not credible, and it shows, right? Absolutely. So it's like walking the walk, talk to talk. It's like the same thing about a trainer being in good shape and all that. The shit storm that that opens up, whether a trainer should be ripped or a trainer should be good shape, and I'm always of the opinion that if you if you talk the talk, you walk the walk. So yeah, you've got to be in good shape. Um, you know, we see ex football players who are coaches who are fat, and they and they're great coaches, but they're not playing. Um, when you're when you're in the game like we are, I mean, you've got to have some credibility, right? And I mean, I'm not ripped or I'm not huge, but I mean. You got to spend some time under the bar, baby. I mean, it's, there's no shortcuts. It's, it's always such an interesting thing when I see someone post and say, "Oh, you know, never hire a quote fat trainer, out of shape trainer." And we both know the answer is highly nuanced. And and here's yeah, well, that's I, true. Yeah, here, that's just my opinion. So you can you can well, get me on that if you like. No, I I actually agree with your opinion. And and here's how I like to say it. I mean, first of all. I find that such a, I don't like making social media posts that kind of say this thing because it tends to get, it's just one of these polarizing things that gets people to go, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Or then someone else comes in and argues, right? And I don't like that kind of stuff. You can get a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of likes and a lot of clicks and a lot of interaction doing it, but I'm not interested in playing that kind of game with it. I think if you definitely want to demonstrate fitness in a realm that's relevant to your work. So fitness can be yeah. whatever. Yeah. If you're a powerlifting coach, you do need to be strong or you have to have demonstrated a track record of strength. Chris Duffin has credibility because the guy is a legendary powerlifter, right? Eric Cressy's not known as being like a, you know, a compete, coaching a lot of powerlifters. The guy's got a legendary deadlift. He's not a very big guy. He was over 600 pounds, right? Yeah. Like something like that. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. True. Yeah. For his you've size. A, yeah. You've got a power lifter who's retired and happens to have gained some body fat, but still has, you know, some serious records or whatever. They've still got credibility in that realm. Okay. Yeah. That's if, true. If you are an expert in, you know, getting people lean and, and fat loss, I do think you need to be lean in order to have better credibility. Now, here's what I will say. Yeah, it's true. If you, knowledge 
and expertise and the ability to coach people trumps everything. But we do live in a, a superficial world and the people that we are marketing to judge us snap first impressions. And one of those things is how we look or, you know, some other aspect of our strength or fitness. I'm screwed then. <laughs> well, you, you're also a busy coach, right? It's also about relationships too. But yeah, here's that's true. And here's what it boils down to. If you are struggling with your business and you are frustrated and angry about the influencers on social media who flash their abs and their butts and they seem to be getting a lot of attention and you're not busy, well, A, there's a mindset issue there. You're focused on the wrong things. That's the, true. The best thing that you can focus your effort and your energy on is to work on your own personal fitness journey. Okay? That's true. If you are not as busy as you want to be, work towards getting more visibly fit, whatever that means relative to your, uh, what you coach. And if you're someone who's on a journey and you are helping people because you've lost a lot of weight, that's the easy one to kind of talk about here. I've seen a lot of those type of trainers. If you are partway on a journey and you are still on your journey, but you've done a really great job yourself and you have developed skills and you're enjoying coaching people, Showcase the journey, let people see it because it makes you relatable, very accessible to the type of people that you want to help. You're not going to be as intimidating and it helps having some, not let people judge you for a snapshot in time. They get to see the fact that you're, you're on a yeah. journey. Yeah. So the nuance like discussion, and I, I certainly hope that trainers will kind of stop making that, that's that polarizing social media post saying, oh, you know, don't trust a a trainer who's not in shape or whatever. It's like, well, I know trainers who I respect the hell out of who don't look the, you know, the visible six pack abs who are some of the best people in the world. And conversely, we also know there are a lot of fitness competitors out there who, you know, it's Photoshopped or it's, it's dieted down and there's unhealthy stuff going on there in, in all kinds of crazy ways. And they are not qualified to tell people how to, to train, how to eat. So I, I always look yes, for this true. But if you yourself, you are finding yourself frustrated or resentful and not busy, look inward. What can you control? What can you do to personally change that aspect about you? Because I think if you're someone who has all of the reasons or all of the excuses as to why you're, quote, not in shape, then does that reflect credibility to be able to tell the busy working single mom of two that she's got to sacrifice and she's got to do all these things and prioritize herself when you are not demonstrating that too. Right. And there's extreme extreme situations. You've got a a trainer who's got a broken leg or who's working really, really hard, but is is dealing with some sort of serious medical issue. Yes. We know those people exist and, and God have empathy and kindness for people who are battling through, but for the majority, there's something very much within your control. But yeah, that, that that's a side tangent. Um, yeah, yeah. Any other? But, that, yeah, but, that, that, but that's legitimate. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's spot on. You are, you other are right. thoughts about writing, any common mistakes that you find people are making and how they approach, um, you know, a career in writing or just, a, yeah, with their, anything with the writing? Well, I think the way, the way I look at writing is, solving a problem so you and you provide the solution so there's the 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 problem and there's the solution like say with your calf article on t nation do you have small calves 
these are the exercises that you do to do the, the calf muscles. So I think what I find in a lot of what I read and not so much what I write is actionable content, right? So it's all well and good to show how smart you are, put big words in there and all that kind of thing. But if you're not providing actionable content for the reader, the reader can look at it and go, I can do that. And then they can put it into action. That's that's what I'm a big believer in when I write, is providing actionable content. It's like, you want to build your shoulders and they, this is the 12 best shoulder exercises. And, you know, lists are big, obviously. But um, providing actionable content and then you like provide an example, like this is how you program, say, a, a shoulder lateral raise in your in your routine. And then you look at it and go, well, I can do that. That's easy, right? So that, that that's the big thing, I think, um, is providing actionable content. I think that trickles into any form of, of social media content, long-form content, like a YouTube um, video as well. You approach it from that point of view. Like, and I, Jonathan Goodman and I were talking about this again, and it's a lot about how he talks about his, approaching his media. It's, yeah, you you create a solution to a problem, right? Share a solution to a problem. Where do people find you on your social media and more about your writing? Okay, so my I have a website, I mean, a Facebook page to help trainers with writing, and that is um, Fitness Flow Writing Services. Um, you find me on Instagram at Outback Performance Center, at Outback Performance Center, um, and my personal blog is balanceguytraining.com and I mean if you google my name at muscle and fitness and barbend you'll see my articles pop up there as well yeah and it's m-c-l-e-a-n so it's mclean mclean so as a little reminder for yeah yeah it's actually it's actually scottish okay it's a scottish name and you're aussie and you live in Louisiana. Okay. Well, you know, all Australians are descended from convicts. So there's that. So <laughs> my relatives just probably stole a loaf of bread and ended up on a boat. So. <laughs> Shit. Shane, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me on. It's been, man, this is awesome. It's a great honor. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to get to chat with you face to face like this. Um, everybody listening. Please go and check out some of his shade stuff. Go follow him on Instagram. He, I got to nudge at him. He doesn't. He doesn't work at his Instagram enough to try to make sure more people' eyes and ears are on him. So uh, go follow him and interact with him. Go shoot him a message. Say hi. If you're interested in writing, go ask him some questions, please. And uh, again, thanks for coming back and staying with me. I'm going to boot up more episodes in the very near future and get back into a rhythm consistently with it. I got some other cool projects and stuff I'm working on, so I'll share with you guys happily. I have a brand new article on my website as of today. Um, I'm trying to remember what I called it. Uh, how to grow a follow uh, a following. Or, sorry. God, how to grow a brand worthy of following. Sorry, guys. So go to my website. And we just it. mentioned that earlier in the podcast as well. Yeah. So, okay, there's that. But it, it ties in with a lot of stuff we talk about. And a lot of it talks about, you know, writing and, and some of the things that we, we 
we chatted about. So guys, go check that out. Go subscribe to my email list if you're not already on it. If you're not, if you haven't sent me a message on Instagram, shoot me a message. I want to say hi. And thanks for tuning in. If you haven't reviewed the podcast, maybe go slap up a five-star review or maybe a one-star review. If you made it to the end, you think this was terrible. Oh, this is a five, this is a five-star review, baby. Come on. Now, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Shane. And stay tuned for next week.